0: the clock is just about to strike five o'clock here in the UK it is the 7th of February 2023 Tuesday's Richie Allen show once more again into the breach dear friends and all of that old jazz drop me a line during the program at richieallen.co.uk
1: it's the bbg not the bbc this is your Richie Allen show live from the magnificent city of Salford
2: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple
0: platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. And a little bit later on in the program, Celeste Solem will return to the show. It's been a long time since she was on. I cannot wait to catch up with her again. Lovely, lovely lady. Very smart. She's a researcher, broadcaster once worked for the Federal Emergency Management Agency in the US, presents the Celestial Report. Don't miss her. We'll talk to her later on. Before that, though, I want to talk about the internet and influencers and people like Andrew Tate, no better man on planet Earth than Hayden Hewitt to do that. The filmmaker, the former co-founder of LiveLeak.com, of course, currently making brilliant films, is, uh, as I said, as well-placed as anyone. ...to talk about such phenomena. Phenomena? No, no, I'm not going to do that. So Hayden here with this hour, Celeste Solemn later on. That's Tuesday's programme. It's always nice when you hear from people that you knew when you were growing up, isn't it? I'd like to say hello to Ray Malone if is listening. How you doing, Ray? Ray's a great guy. Belvedere Drive in Waterford City originally. I knew Ray when I was a teenager and a young man... Great lad, just uh, bumped into him on Twitter today. Big Liverpool fan, big soccer guy, and uh, a really lovely bloke. So nice to chat, Ray. I hope it won't be the last time we chat. Nice to hear from people back home, Port Loriga. Yeah. Now, where am I going to start today? Where am I going to start? You, You know, I do know. Look, an international aid effort is underway and is being stepped up in southern Turkey and northern Syria. This is after the earthquake that sadly has killed more than 5,000 people now. Of course, they expect that figure, horribly of course, to get worse, to rise. So rescuers are trying to save people trapped beneath rubble because thousands of buildings apparently have collapsed in both countries. The BBC has heard from rescue workers who say they have to concentrate on the living because efforts to find survivors are running into freezing cold night times, right? Temperatures dropping very low there. So, this 7.8 magnitude quake struck near Gaziantep in the early hours of Monday, most people in bed at the time. And then, following that, later that day, there was a 7.5 magnitude tremor. So, it's not good. And it isn't good. And I. W- <laughs> Look, what have I said about things like this before? These are terrible things. 176,000 people die every day on planet Earth. One hundred and seventy-six thousands, a thousand even, or thereabouts, die every day in the world. I grabbed that from the internet. I think it's as accurate as accuracy can be. And that's a terrible thing that happened in Turkey and in Syria. But the media coverage of it, of it is farcical, really isn't it, when you think about it? Um, As I predicted, as soon as Sky News learned about the earthquake on Monday, they rushed into action and gave Kay Burley, their morning presenter, otherwise known as the Ginger Ninja, a gigantic kick in the arse in the derriere, if you will, and said, get out there, Kay, and present your show from the rubble, from the front line, which is exactly what the Ginger Ninja did, right? Fabulous. So good. <laughs> she did. She got straight out to Turkey, which is kind of amazing, really that she did that because each morning from Sky's London base, the Kay Burley show presents something called the Daily Climate Report. Now, when Kay Burley does the Climate Report on a daily basis, a very high-tech screen emerges with all sorts of figures flashing up on it, and Kay tells us how much CO2 us dirty bastards are pumping into the atmosphere every day. It's hard for me to mention pumping and Kay in the same sentence as I come over all funny. So Kay does this nonsense daily report on the CO2 and how much we've warmed since the Industrial Revolution every day, and yet jumped on a plane to fly to Turkey to stand next to levelled buildings while guys are looking for survivors. Now when she arrived in Turkey, she tweeted breathlessly from the airport, whichever airport she landed at, I'm not sure. Ankara, Istanbul. I don't know where she landed. She couldn't wait to get stuck right in. This is Kay at the airport before getting a taxi out to the rubble.
3: Uh, hi, everybody. We are at an airport about an hour away from Istanbul, heading down to the southeast of Turkey. The latest figures that we're hearing is that 4,000 people have so far lost their lives. Pate is the province that is has been the most impacted so far, heading down to do um, a live in breakfast as much as we can. The team are ready and we'll be uh, heading off shortly.
0: Heading down to do a live, in-breakfast, show from The Rubble. Do you want to hear some of it? Because um, it's worth hearing. Kay Burley at The Rubble. At The Rubble. Let's get rid of the airport video. At The Rubble, at the, I suppose, ground zero of where the earthquake struck. Here she is. Hello, everybody. Um,
3: A very good morning to you from Ufa. In uh, the devastated area of Turkey, that so many people have lost their lives, the latest we're hearing is that more than 5,000 people are now known to have died after the earthquake that rocked buildings like this. It was a seven-story apartment building. 35 people, we believe, are still missing. Nathan, if we can have a quick look at that, as I tell people what the World Health Organization are warning this morning, they say 5,000 now. That number could rise as high as 20,000. Huge numbers were being told also injured and homeless in freezing conditions as a huge search and rescue mission continues. I've been in touch with Ben Wallace, our defence secretary, this morning. He says, I have been in touch with my Turkish counterpart and defence has offered any help we can give. My thoughts are with the people of Turkey and we stand by for any requests.
0: Now, that could have been done from London, but we'll forget about that for the rest of the day. A steady, if somewhat excitable start from Burley At ground zero, she continues. So she does.
3: One slight bit of good news this morning. We're just hearing from the...
0: Some good news.
3: The Ghana Football Association...
0: The Ghana Football Association have been in touch to say... I
3: know lots of you were concerned about the former Chelsea and Newcastle forward Christian Atsu. He apparently has been rescued from the rubble of a collapsed building following the powerful earthquake that struck just a couple of days.
0: Well, that's great news. 5,000 people are dead. It might be 20,000, but thank God a footballer got out. Okay
3: seems very noisy at the moment does it you can see well
0: if you had stayed at home the noise wouldn't be bothering you
3: all of these volunteers and professionals who have clambered up what remains of this building uh, in order to try to find those that are still known to be trapped inside but every now and again uh, just before we came to air in fact kamali um They call for complete quiet. We've seen that, haven't we, with earthquakes before. And that is because they know people are still trapped. They are... We're still in that golden time, up to 72 hours, when they are still confident that if they can get to people, then they can bring them out alive. So they're quiet, and they try to listen for any noise at all. Maybe somebody just tapping on a pipe or calling out for help. Uh, Sadly, that wasn't the case... On this occasion
0: False alarm this time They asked everybody to be quiet But it was a false alarm So they carried on
3: And so they have once again Started to continue with their work Look at the size of this digger Nathan it Look lo-
0: at the size of this digger Nathan
3: Looks as though You know it's just bulldozing through But they have to be incredibly careful Just Why, why? Just one false move And the um, what's left of this pancaked building Will collapse still further
0: Not on you though Um, Let's hear a little bit more.
3: We were just... In fact, Nathan, just have a quick look this way. We were standing just where this uh, army officer was just a few moments ago.
0: We're standing where an army officer was.
3: Um, And he moved us because, obviously, we've just come from London. We don't think about it. That building is in danger of collapse.
0: He, He told them to move away. And as soon as he left the scene, they moved back.
3: All of the buildings around this area are, we're told, in danger of collapse. It's not just... Here, uh, of course, in uh, Turkey, but also in uh, Syria.
0: Also in Syria. What about Syria?
3: Uh, Syria, a country that we can't get into as easily as we can in Turkey. We know that Aleppo was one of the areas that was badly impacted by this um, 7.8 earthquake uh, that uh, was at 4.17 yesterday morning at local time, about one o'clock in the morning um, in London. Siobhan uh, is joining us. Um, Hi Siobhan, I'm not sure if you're still in Istanbul this morning. What's the latest that you're hearing? Oh actually Siobhan, stand by, stand by. Morning Kay, Yes, still
0: in. They're going very quiet on the scene. There's a voice we're being told by the rescuers they can hear. There's a voice maybe this time it won't be a false alarm well any joy
3: and on they go trying to reach those that are trapped beneath the rubble um Sorry about that, Siobhan, you were telling me.
0: Yeah, sorry about that, Siobhan. It was a false alarm. Nobody there, nobody there. That's the me. I don't think anybody else has gone out there. I think it's just Sky News. Spoken a lot about this over the years, haven't we? It isn't news presentation. It isn't news production. It's basically a serial drama um, that um, basically reaches out to the audience and tries to drag them into it. It's crazy stuff. It it really is. It's it's crazy to behold it as it's going on. That's Sky News. And that's in no way, of course, to laugh at or mock or in any way to denigrate the people that have found themselves on the wrong end of this or those trying to get them out. It's just ridiculous by the UK media, by Sky News in particular, to be sending people out there. Ask yourself why. And often at these times people wonder, while they're spending so much time covering that, is there something else that they are ignoring or that they are hoping you don't see? Are they distracting from something else? In this case, I don't know. I can't say uh, really. Um, the UK government has had a bit of a cabinet reshuffle. That's where the Prime Minister of today moves some people around, puts people, takes people and sacks them, effectively, from the cabinet, and puts other people in their place, or just shuffles a bit and swaps jobs from... You might get two people that have two different jobs, they might swap the jobs. You get the gist of it, I don't have to tell you anymore. Uh, there is a new... Cabinet post. They've created a new government department, and it is the Energy Security uh, Department. The, The Department of Energy Security, it's brand new. And amazingly enough, Grant Shapps, who's held a number of ministerial positions in several recent UK governments, has been given the task of heading up the Energy Security Department, Rishi Sunak was
4: asked about this today. Well, I want the country to have greater energy security and independence because we can't be held to ransom by hostile foreign countries. We also need cheaper energy because our energy bills are simply too high and we need cleaner energy as we transition to net zero. That's why today I've created a brand new first-of-its-kind department for energy security and net zero, headed by one of our most capable and experienced ministers, Grant Shapps, now, earlier this year, I set out my promises to the British people to halve inflation, grow the economy, reduce debt, cut waiting lists, and stop the boats. The changes to government I've announced today will help us deliver on those promises.
3: Prime Minister, you've just shifted around the same faces. How is this going to do anything to reverse
5: the slide in your party's fortunes?
0: I think, I think we've seen. You've just shifted around the same faces,
4: she said, right? Seen over the last year, in particular, the impact that happens to people's bills at home when energy policy doesn't work properly, when we're reliant on imported energy from hostile countries. That's why the creation today of a new department focused specifically on energy security and net zero is so important. It's going to mean that we can reduce people's energy bills. That's so important. It means we can produce more energy here at home, giving us independence and security. And it means we can transition to cleaner forms of energy as we hit on net zero ambitions and create jobs in the processes we're seeing here today
0: net zero and energy security isn't it interesting we now have a health security agency here in the uk uh well we have a health security agency we have had for a couple of years and now we have an energy security department security just think about it think about what it might mean in the future what steps might the government take to ensure that it has energy security might it, I don't know, might it interfere in your own energy usage in your own homes, maybe? That's that's a guess, I don't know. Maybe it will come to pass, maybe it won't come to pass. I'm guessing it probably will. Hence, smart meters that everybody has these days, or most people seem to have these days, although I don't. Energy security. We have to make sure that the nation's security. Energy is secure. How do we do that? Well... Well, he will say, well, we try and reduce our reliance on foreign producers of oil and gas. But that quickly becomes, well, we need to get a little bit more involved in your daily lives and in what you do with your electricity and gas and what you don't do with it. Call me paranoid. It's uh, just gone quarter past the hour. This is very interesting. Spoke about this today on the website. Very interesting. Not new to you and me, but look, it's an agenda. And while we've been talking about this for many years, in fact, I've been talking about cashless and government's desires or maybe not governments, but the desires, the desire of NGOs and other foundations, other secret societies, clubs, the WEF, whatever you want to call them, its desire to, um, to, to introduce digital currency. So we've known about this for a long time, but that agenda is speeding up now. It was announced overnight that a state-backed digital pound is likely to be launched by around about 2025. Wow. Uh, 2025, 2026, or at least by the end of the decade. The current Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, has said the central bank digital currency or CBDC will be a trusted and accessible way to pay right, but the BBC is saying it won't be built until 2025 Okay Let's have a listen to Silky Carlo These days she heads up, well she's the chief cook and bottle washer at Big Brother Watch which is an organisation which looks out for people's civil rights uh, rights around privacy and what have you Silky Carlo was speaking to Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk TV earlier
5: That's why it does
1: well, <clears throat> that's because it could be the most serious incursion on the public's privacy probably that we've ever seen. Um, because the ability with a centralised digital currency um, that a government has is potentially, and it really depends on how it's designed and what the legal environment is like, but the potential opens for the government to watch everything that you spend. Um, and to uh, when it's watching everything that you spend, it can also control Um, what you spend. And then the question becomes not just who's watching what I do with my money uh, or not even who's controlling what I do with my money, who actually owns my money. Um, And as you said, there is precedent for this. We've seen financial censorship before. and, you know, similar schemes, authoritarian schemes around the world, um, such as the Chinese social credit system, um, overlap a kind of moral code and punishments uh, with the financial system. Yeah, this social
5: credit system. I have to say, I'm with Candice though. I mean, about five, ten years ago, I would have been like, oh, brilliant. I mean, God, it's such a pain having cash. If everything was just done digitally, it'd be great. And when we moved into the lockdown period, I I remember having to get my daughter a a bank card when she was 14, which I felt quite uncomfortable about because she just couldn't, they, loads of shops she went to wouldn't accept cash um, and a lot of, uh, uh, I mean let's face it, the banking system, you know, the, the authorities are quite happy to have people using cars because it means they're, you know, less sort of cash in hand operations, means they make sure they get their tax. Uh, a lot of people running businesses, you're know, at the tilt they would rather everything was done on the cars because again, you can't have cash going missing and, and so there are a lot of people for whom it's very much, you know, it's easier, it's more efficient, it works very well. But as you say, the two really big warning signs about this have been what's happened in the West in terms of control, how how money has been used to control people's freedom of speech, but also critically in China and the social credit system. When I've talked to people about, you know, this can be used to control what people do and what people say, people look at me like I'm insane. I'm thinking, it's happening in China. They go, yeah, right, you know, conspiracy theories on Twitter. It is literally happening right now isn't it, in China, you people people who, who have been... Julia
0: Hartley Brewer has no sense of irony whatsoever, does she? The, the talk TV presenter, the former writer for The Telegraph, the former presenter for LBC Radio has no sense of irony whatsoever, saying that people tell me it's a conspiracy theory. Julia Hartley Brewer, you see, made a career out of burying legitimate conspiracy theories. Now she's talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah.
5: Critical of the government or don't say or do the right things, don't get enough social credits. They are stopped from spending money. They are unable to, for instance, buy certain items, unable to use a vending machine, to buy a train ticket, to buy a, an airplane ticket. I mean, to, to, to even. Yeah,
0: like- but radio shows like this have been talking about the Chinese social credit system for years now, for a decade, love. You're, you're speaking about it as if it happened yesterday. Like
5: exactly, apply for jobs. But they are able to completely control somebody by the fact that their money is...
0: Yeah, and the people who were talking about this and saying it would eventually come here were labelled by people like you as crazy conspiracy theorists.
5: Completely controlled.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, actually, it's happened in the West as well. It happened in Canada to the truckers. Oh, yeah. um, so whether it's the government or whether it's um, private platforms like PayPal that have also been involved, from a, for a long time, you know, in 2010, they de-platformed WikiLeaks. So there is real precedent for this. And in fact...
0: There is precedent for it. And long-time listeners to this radio show will know that PayPal deleted the account for this programme uh, 18 months ago or thereabouts. I actually went to the Financial Conduct Authority... I opened a case, I said, this is unacceptable, it's unacceptable that PayPal would listen to a third party, somebody contacting them and saying that I'm a, I'm a wrong one, I'm a bad guy, and they would cancel my account, the account that was 12 or 13 years old or whatever it was. Financial Conduct Authority came back to me and he said, well, tough shit Paddy, basically, there isn't anything we can do about it, you're cancelled, and that's the end of it, you're cancelled. That's how it goes. It's at uh, 21 minutes past the hour. Hayden Hewitt will be with me shortly. Celeste Solom will be with me in hour two. This is the Richie Allen Show. Tuesday, the 7th of February, 2023. It's brilliant to be with you as always. Keep your comments coming in. RichieAllen.co.uk. It's a live comment. Talk to me today. My name- From a brilliant album called Solitude Standing, Suzanne Vega Luca, 25 minutes past the hour. Just before we welcome Hayden back to the program, a few comments on the monologue. Uh, hi to Steve T, a digital pound that's state backed but not gold backed. Correct, just like the cash we enjoy now or we don't enjoy or the cash we use now. Uh, Patricia says, uh, Julia Hartley Brewer uh, blew it all up, uh, all talking, no truth flip-flopping grifter, she says. Craig says, energy security, we must use less so that the interest, excuse me, we must use less so that the internet servers can stay up and running, so that is just my opinion. That isn't a bad shout at all, by the way. Uh, Faisal says, greetings, energy security. Wouldn't that just be the Department of Energy? Lots of comments on the earthquake situation as well. Just before we say hi to uh, Hayden, let me read you this from Haley Mortimer for uh, the BBC News website. A British woman who says she was in a relationship with controversial social media influencer Andrew Tate has told the BBC how he encouraged her to work for his webcam company before becoming a controlling and violent. She says it's difficult because I don't feel like a victim. All of the choices were mine. He didn't bundle me up into a bag, throw me in the back of a lorry and drive me there, but he knew what he was doing. At what point does the emotional or psychological manipulation turn into being forced to do something? Tate and his brother are in custody in Romania while police investigate allegations of rape and trafficking. And amazingly, It was reported in the Sunday Telegraph and the Mail on Sunday this weekend just gone that a man who wrote a book on misogyny in children or in boys is running courses to teach teachers, to instruct teachers on how to speak about Andrew Tate, specifically him, to boys in school. Those courses are selling out astonishingly. My guest this hour is a very good friend of mine. He is a director and screenwriter. He's also a geopolitical commentator and is well known, of course, for being one of the co-founders of LiveLeak.com, a hugely influential website back in the day. Welcome back, my friend. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, Richie. How are you, mate?
0: I'm brilliant. This guy, um, Andrew Tate, it's interesting (laughs) speaking with you because you are the father of a boy who's just about into his teens. Um, would this have come up, this guy, this guy's name, in any conversation?
2: Yeah, it has. It's already come up. Um, He came from home from school and said, did you hear Andrew Tate's been arrested? Right. I said, yes. I said, what do you know about Andrew Tate? Now, my lads, honestly, he just went, he's someone off the internet. He has very <laughs> limited interest. I think the last thing my 10-year-old is interested in is some uh, some very bizarre man telling him how to be a man. Right. Um, I don't think he's really that bothered. He'd rather get on Roblox and build a few more games and things. But uh, he's already come up. He has mentioned him because some of his school friends, keep in mind Junior's 10, some of his school friends do have Twitter and Facebook because he happened to mention to one that I'd said hello to J.K. Rowling we follow each other yeah. on Twitter and one of his friends 10 years old said she's a transphobe and a homophobe hang on a
0: second a 10 year old said to your last yes she's, she's a, tra- a transphobe, a transphobe. And a homophobe. you're kidding me wow.
2: no, I found his Twitter account I've blocked it now obviously but and he does follow people I would not be comfortable having my son follow um but yeah you know parenting What can you do?
0: Do you feel, and your wonderful wife, Margaret, do you feel that it's a minefield with Junior in in the times we live in? I mean, the internet now.
2: It's not, it really isn't. Um, I've always treated the internet as I wouldn't give him 20 quid on a Saturday night and send him into town. Yeah. Um, So I don't let him have free reign on the internet. And I know where he goes, what he does. But any times I've looked, he's generally not really bothered with anything troublesome. He's just not interested yet. Um,
0: this is a really well, interesting... Hang on, field. hang Sorry, Hayden, this is a really interesting yeah. thread, and we're going to talk about Tate in a moment. This, this thread of conversation is interesting, because the state feels that you, not just you, of course, but the state seems to think that parents in general, well, you're not capable of keeping an eye on what your lad does and doesn't do online, so we're going to have to, well... We're going to have to threaten to put uh, Mm. social media company bosses in prison if they don't keep certain stuff off the internet. How do do you feel about that?
2: It's it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because on the one hand, my son's friend's parents have proven them to be correct by letting him have a Twitter account and a TikTok account. The most dangerous websites that young people should not be on. You know, they they really shouldn't. Not not kids, it's it's not safe at all, especially with... Facebook and Twitter, and to a certain degree, TikTok's policies on paedophiles and things like that—just you shouldn't let your kids be on there. It's it's not safe. On the flip side, of course, the government are going to use that as an opportunity to take the sledgehammer to the nuts, and uh, that will have no effect whatsoever on the bad things that happen. It'll just penalise a lot of people that can't afford to fight cases. Is, that what, you, is, don't is that what
0: you is that what you think that in reality? Governments don't really maybe... I'm not putting words in your mouth. In my opinion, <laughs> governments don't really give a damn about children, but they're using children. It's like Helen Lovejoy in The Simpsons. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? But yeah, in reality, I, I, you it's know, you they want to say.
2: I, yeah. you know, I honestly think, based on chats I've had with some politicians, I think a lot of them genuinely do care about the kids. They're not all monsters. I know we like to say, you know, because the Tories are assholes and Labour's this and Lib Dems are hopelessly captured and unelectable for three generations at least yeah um that they're all monsters but they're not but at the same time they're not experts in anything so they're being told everything by other people and of course it's an ideal opportunity to take a legitimate concern because that's always the best way of doing it take a legitimate concern and then shovel just pork the shit out of the back of it with everything else you want to do yeah Well, we're just protecting your kids. Yeah, but I'm 50. I don't need protecting from anything. Thank you very much. Well, you might think that's like films. I'm 50 years old. I'm still being told what fiction I can watch by the BBFC. Still. And I'm I'm a grown man. I don't need them to tell me what I'm allowed to watch and what I'm not, not allowed to watch. But apparently this is fine. And we've accepted that for a long time. Um just as we will accept whatever the government bring up ridiculous online harms bill. Uh, they're just going to use it to crush everything. The internet's doing its best to crush itself with social media and centralization. They're just going to mop up around the edges.
0: And do you think this guy, Andrew Tate, is being used mm. maybe as, you know, a great example by those who wish to censor no. everything? No.
2: No, I, I really don't. I mean, I'm... <sighs> You know, obviously, it's the internet, so everyone's either completely guilty because I don't like them or completely innocent because I do like them. I've been witnessing a wonderful thing about Dave Gilmore and Roger Waters today. Everybody knows the absolute truth about everything, apart from the people involved, it would appear. <laughs> With Andrew Tate, um, look, the, the guy's an absolute bellend. He's awful. Worth an absolute fortune, so he says things a lot of people like. Um... He's been involved in horrible grubby businesses um like books t- teaching you how to coerce women into working for your webcam company. And look at, what was his course called? Now, I've kept it noted here because it's, it's very nice. It's called the uh, Pimping Hose Degree. Pimping Hose uh, instruct- Degree. Pimping Hose Degree. Lovely. PhD. Uh, instructing his followers about how to meet women through social media, have sex with them. Make the women fall in love with them and then recruit them to work for their webcam sex business. Now, me personally, I'd have thought putting an advert online would have been an easier way of doing it. Less trouble. But what do I know? I'm not worth hundreds of millions of pounds of Bugatti Veyrons. Um, I think he's an odious little brick and he's, uh, you know. Would I say it to his face? Well, probably actually, because then he'd pay me money for the rest of his life after he after, beat me on the after, after he
0: beat you, beat the granny out of you. Now, hang on, yeah, this this is really interesting. Here, I mean. is there any element of what Tate says on social media or on TikTok that is tongue in cheek? Does he really mean it when he know. says? Yeah, this is the thing I don't understand. Like this, it's, like it's very
2: hard to tell because yeah. you know we're all used to grifters. You know, we are people telling us what we want to hear and just going beyond. Because you've got to keep ramping it up. Like Alex Jones, like so many others. That we see, you've got to keep ramping it up to keep people hooked, yeah. keep them interested, make them invested in the cult of personality. It's it's an endless cycle that only breaks when <laughs> when you get taken to court and find a billion dollars. Or spend a few years in a correctional facility in Romania um but a lot of other witnesses have come forward saying he has been very uh brutal with them rough and controlling um i i don't know because it's not gone to court yet um but to me he would be the ideal person if if i was shady government i would let people like him david ike not that I'm comparing these people. I'm not comparing before, before you any one of your listeners. murdered yes. online, yeah. Before they literally just Lynch, prolapse in, yeah, yeah. In, in anger. I'm not comparing them, so relax. Um, David, you know, Andrew Tate, Alex Jones, any of those guys, he's, they have to keep feeding in. And if I was a government person, I'd say, well, let, let them go. Why silence them? They're doing the job for us. Because for everything David says you might agree with, he then pops out with lizard people, and every and the general population goes, "Oh, mental." Yeah, Andrew Tate. You know, they go, Ugh, "They don't know that he runs a seedy webcam sex business." It's not common knowledge. Well, it is now. Um, you know, and I would leave him out there if I was a government because they'd be doing all my work for me.
0: It's interesting to me that when when Marilyn Hawes was doing a, a great job of acting on behalf of children over the years, teaching children in schools about something which is pretty appalling and that's obviously online pornography and, and, and stuff yep. like that. And she's abs- absolutely deplores Andrew Tate and made no yeah. made no secret of that the other night on, on this programme. I was fascinated shortly thereafter, to see a lot of listeners who I'd know by name shocked, and they were defending this guy Andrew Tate, and I'm like, well why? And some of them seem to think that these are stitch-up charges because people want to silence them, and I'm 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 very open-minded, and I'm trying to think. Well, what has Andrew Tate ever done to challenge the establishment or the status quo? Nothing. Nothing. uh, He
2: talks about the Matrix. It's not like anyone gives a shit. You know, anyone that's a big fan of his, you're the mark. You're the product. I hate to break it to you. You you're the mark. You're the mark. You're it. You're the same as those girls on the other end of the webcams. You're just shillings and sixpence to this guy you're the mark and that's the way it is and if you don't like that take a few more of his courses and man up and deal with it. What, um, what
0: about teachers having special assemblies in school to talk to <laughs> boys about this guy specifically I mean this is that that is a, it's an extraordinary development when you think about it and well you know this thing about misogyny
2: on. haven't you and teaching young boys not to be misogynists and teaching this and filling kids all you've got to do is teach a kid not to be a horrible little bastard. That's all you've got to do. teaching people like to treat people as they want to be treated themselves. Respect everyone until they do not respect you. And do you know what? They get along just fine without an, an enhanced rule set of gibberish. My lab doesn't hate anyone or any group. Doesn't care. Judges people. I'm really proud of how he's turned out. I think it's mostly down to Mrs. Hewitt, but I'm really
0: proud. No, it's down to the two of you, and that's that's the key issue here. The state saying we're very again, careful in the house.
2: Yeah. we're very careful about the things we talk about. I don't even want to hear him, him hear me joke about some of the shit I talk about online because I want him to have the same shot I had growing up, where my parents probably quite by accident managed to raise me not to hate any group um, <laughs> of people. You know, just it just never happened. I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s where, you know, gay people, lesbians, tra- uh, transsexuals, you know, transvestites, whatever, we just didn't care. Everyone just rubbed along and it was starting to come together. You know, things were getting better, especially when Section 28 was out of the way. Everything started to come around and then now it's all gone to shit. So I tried to raise my son respectfully and I won't have them filling his head full of mountains of gibberish that you must automatically. Whilst I won't allow him to hate any group of people, just because of what they are, I won't tell him they're automatically deserving of special respect. Fair enough. Because it doesn't matter what skin colour you are, what religion you are, what gender you are, it doesn't make you a better person. No, an
0: asshole is still so, an asshole. It doesn't make yeah. you better. Yeah, I get that. And Hayden, I,
2: sorry, Hayden. I, I won't see it any other way. I just won't see it any other way.
0: Hayden Hewitt is our guest. He co-founded LiveLeak.com, which is an internet sensation. So he... Has skin in the game, and he was a very early adopter of, you know, getting involved in chat rooms, chatting with people about politics, about sport, about everything. I remember the chat rooms, how exciting they were uh, when I was younger. You know, going on the Man United ones, it was great. Film ones, yeah, fantastic, and having that kind of exchange of ideas. You, said Do you remember, yeah, the ahead. magic
2: where, where where I mean, I got on in the late nineties and, and grabbed hold of the internet, but
0: you'd go in a chat
2: room, there'd be people from all around the world. The first time you could talk to anybody about anything, you know, you weren't just some sad shut-in smelling of Lynx Africa, and <laughs> writing to your pen pal. You were you were talking to people all
0: around the world, and it was
2: fucking incredible. Nothing wrong and with there was pen pals. Rolling, and
0: there was I. <laughs> yeah, I loved my I loved my pen pals. I still do. Ro- Rose West. Yeah, <laughs> Rose West. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I used to I used to write to to death row prisoners. That's how morbid a child I was. That's a true story, by the way. <laughs> but can we go back to something how, you said a moment ago, which is really yeah, important? Right, not...
2: How long do you have now?
0: <laughs> that was it. That was the gist of it, yeah. No, no, it wasn't, no. I used to, <laughs> I used to send dollars and stamps and stuff so that they could correspond with um, their solicitors and, and what have you. You said that in the 80s, it was all coming together. So the 70s yeah. was a difficult time to be gay. It was a difficult time to be a minority. I have Pakistani... I, oh, yeah, but yeah. I have Pakistani mates, who just got the shit knocked out of them. Well, right?
2: I remember the NF. I remember, I remember being in fear of the NF. Despite obviously if you grew up in the 80s, the overwhelming fear of nuclear war was always present, obviously. But I remember the NF. I remember the real Nazis. Well, not the really real ones, because they were all living in Argentina by the time I was born. Yeah. But the, you know, the NF, the National Front, they were they were real. They were they weren't just some lonely Herbert posting on a forum. They were out on the street kicking the shit out of anybody that was different.
0: Absolutely. But this changed, Uh right? So you said in the 80s, all of this, (laughs) and in the 90s, we saw this die away. And then you said it's all gone to shit again. So how could you... Social media has made it go to shit. So you're blaming social media for that?
2: A hundred percent. Because we're not, as a species, we're not capable of this shit. We're, We're boiled down to just absolute polarized views and we're so absolutist in every aspect of our thinking and i mean all of us especially the people that think they're enlightened (laughs) you know we're so sure these days we don't leave room for anything we must demonize those that don't follow our particular church and not only do we do that because we've always done that now it's very easy to come together and have a big group of us doing that and that feels really good because we get thumbs up and
0: hearts yeah and we're just creating and appreciation yeah
2: yeah it's affecting the way people think it's seeping into the rest you know the real world the meat space in the way people interact and it just feels to me and maybe i am just an old man shouting at clouds now but it feels to me like we're going backwards we've we've now dressed hate up as love that's the difference now we've dressed it up as love and tolerance
0: and in, an inversion can can we can we stay then with something you mentioned a moment ago you mentioned david by the way before we go on i'm not letting you get away with um um using david's name in the same sentence as alex jones and 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 andrew tate I, it
2: wasn't a comparison I, no david no but let, let me finish let me finish
0: has, let me finish because yeah, for well, me and I, i've known david for years um, regardless of what anybody thinks about David Ike and his views, uh, David believes what it is that he says, and is not grifting. That's, to that's fine. Yeah, yeah he believes that it. Yeah. That when
2: I said it, I put him in there as an example of people yeah, yeah. the government don't need to silence.
0: Fair enough. No, I'm having that's a go all, at you, but just for listeners who might no, be saying, I, uh, I, "Hang on I'm, a second, I'm, let's I'm get I'm unfair happy to you know?
2: Clarify. Yeah, I, I do not put David Ike alongside Andrew No, I know, saying.
0: and and we we see David differently, and that's absolutely fine. It's hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, you know, from for, for what I know of the guy, yeah. whatever anybody might say about the things he he, he talks about, oddly enough,
2: yes, he, oddly he's enough, sincere. I don't want to upset your listeners on that score because that would not my intent.
0: No, no, I know that. No, no, <laughs> but, but but he is, and and uh, you know, I I no. I I'd have a lot of time oh. for for that. So I hey, know, listen,
2: I I believe David believes every single thing he says. I uh, g- genuinely do. Having met the man. And he's a lovely guy don't get me wrong he was when i met him lovely guy i don't dislike him and i do believe he believes what he says
0: you're making a good a good point about that, that you know it's best for free speech and for the internet to just leave people alone and yes. it's, it's not going to make any d- but let's let's stay with something you 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 kind of threw out a moment ago because i kind of agree with you now when i look at the statements made by roger waters of pink flight over the years I don't get all giddy with excitement because a world-famous rock star sees things as, as as kind of in the same way that I do. You've been a friend of mine for many years. You know that yeah. I have no time for the State of Israel. You know that I don't believe it should exist, even though it does exist. And I, I just have no time for it. And maybe I am very one-sided in my approach. However, David Gilmour... Or Dave Gilmore and his wife, they've come out and said that Roger is basically anti Semitic, he's misogynistic, and he's a Putin apologist. Now, they're mm-hmm. entitled to their opinions. But what was funny today was this kicked off today, didn't it? And you was, yeah, oh yeah. with a very big. Oh,
2: right, in there, right in there, yes. You've got
0: a very big public profile. Now, when you say to me. Um, that you think that you know you haven't said this, but if you said to me, well, I think that Roger Waters might very well be anti-Semitic. My instinct is not to have a go at you. My instinct is to, is, is to say, well, well, Jesus, these people have known him for many years, and even though they've had a few band splits and one thing and another, maybe that's what David Gilmour really sees, or maybe it's what he's heard yeah. over the years. But but this goes back to your point a moment ago. There's no room for well, maybe, yeah, I like Roger well, Waters well, because he, yeah, go on. All I
2: did was go into the argument and say, because everyone's going, he's not. Dave Gilmore doesn't know what he's talking about. And all I said was, well, maybe he knows maybe know he each does. Other better than you do. Maybe he does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, because they're saying, so you're saying, because he, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I don't get involved in the Israel Palestine thing because I'll just annoy everybody. I'll just annoy everybody because I think everyone's, many people are taking very much a football approach to that whole thing. Um, but all I said was, well, I, you don't know him as well as Dave Gilmore does, and he knows Dave Gilmore better than you do. And if Dave Gilmore's saying it's provably true, I guess Roger Waters is going to have to go legal and see how that shit pans out. Um, that's all I said, and people shat the bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There's this this becoming so aligned with your own perspective, this becoming so married to your own I don't know
2: if Roger, Roger Waters hates Jews.
0: I haven't got a clue. I
2: haven't got a clue. That's why I've not said he hates Jews. I don't know.
0: And I've looked through he pretty might. much m- most of what I can find that he said and written publicly. And it doesn't appear to me that Roger Waters hates Jews. However, I wasn't on tour with him pissed up after concerts yeah, and playing pool with him where he might have said exactly. things. Yeah, we, you have to keep that know. in mind. No, we don't know. We don't know. And of
2: course the other big outrage today is that that, that Hogwarts video game.
0: Hilarious. Where they're now
2: they're now <laughs> stalking people that stream it on Twitch and trying to bully them off the platform.
0: Now do the do the BBC thing where you've got to do it properly. Tell the story from the start. This is to do with JK Rowling yes, and a Hogwarts a, video game.
2: A Hogwarts video game, um, which there was a huge campaign running for months that Because of J.K. Rowling's allegedly transphobic uh, utterings, which nobody can provide, by the way. I'm just trying to provide balance here. Do you like that? It's good. Very good. Um, No one can ever provide me with the evidence, just opinion pieces on why they interpret it. Um, Now, it it stormed it. I think they generated so much interest in this game. So now the game's come out, loads of people playing it. It's got a trans character in it. It's got a trans character in it um everyone says it's everyone says it's wonderful some are complaining because the trans character is called Siren a syrian and they're like "See, it's has got sir in it and it's like yeah but it's also some kind of healthy female god so chill out a bit no but you know they dig for a fence like dwarfs dig for gold not real <laughs> dwarfs obviously i mean shovels are really big but Um, Yeah, so this game's come out now someone's written a program That trolls Twitch to identify People that have played the game And he thinks this is quite virtuous And what they're now going to do Is bully loads of innocent Twitch streamers That just want to play a computer game Because somehow You you shouldn't Have anything to do with J.K. Rowling Who, by the way, is still enjoying Enormous success with the books
0: With the royalties, yeah
2: Yeah, and doesn't appear to hate pretty much anybody um but you know how these things go now if you say ruins rights all of a sudden you you know basically you're genociding some group you of are, people yeah. apparently are you
0: de- are you describing uh, the future there so these trans activist muppets who are yeah. trolling twitch to try and find out who's playing the new hogwarts yeah, game I'm so that they can for... out them uh, this is the future isn't it because it'll be the state hmm. doing this to people in a few years
2: oh i mean the state will do it far better because um, the good thing is it's, it's just for me on the occasions that i do get the pylon of angry blue-haired people who for some <laughs> reason send me lots of dms of cocks, and i'm not sure why that I'm, I'm sure they're convinced i'm some kind of prudish conservative republican and they say like you you're just you don't understand the internet get off it it's like shit you you'd have been in tears in the 2000s you weak little
0: yeah you, you would have been yeah anyway yeah
2: um yeah and when i get a pylon i think it's hilarious graham knows i just go straight to the computer log in and think right here we go
0: fantastic this will kill a few hours Pass an evening
2: (laughs) yeah let's pass an evening um but some people aren't like that and um some people are more delicate some people are terrified like i've I've had actors telling me i'd love to work with you but i'm concerned about the association in case i don't get all the work and i'm like it's fine
0: this is serious. Fine. Let's let's stay with this for a moment. Hayden yeah. is has has launched a a production company called Black Octopus Productions. It's doing really well. It is. I'm not just saying that because he's here. It's doing well. He's um his films are funded. He's got a new feature film. He's about to go into pre production for it. He's in pre production for it at the moment. Things are happening for him. He's got some brilliant actors and actresses. <laughs> But yeah. I've asked him as a friend. I've said to him as a friend, and Stephen has said to him as a friend, and others have said to him as a friend, and actors have said to him. Um, your openness in terms of sharing your opinions, which are not, you know, mm. really that offensive or outrageous, but in this day and age, it could be suggested, or there's a, a warning there that it might impact on the film company yeah. going forward. How do you feel yeah, about that? I'm, I, I'm not going to live on Monday.
2: Fuck him. <laughs> you know me too well now, Richie. I'm, it's not that I'm some big front-up guy. I just won't be broke. I won't be told what to do. I won't tolerate it. I won't. I won't. I won't self-censor for anything. Now, luckily, the other part of Black Octopus, Ken, doesn't care. He loves it. Loves it. So it's like, well, I'm I'm sorted, and you know. If you can't stand with me cuz you're frightened of of your your future income and your career and I understand it's fine.
0: But you can you imagine it's hang fine. on a second now your your films are um are beautiful to look at and the scripts are great and people are coming you, you, you're attracting people, young people mm-hmm. in the industry with loads and loads of skill. There's a lot of buzz around your film company. So it, it, it stands to reason for me that in three or four years' time, maybe less, you'll have a feature that a big distributor is going to say, we like this, Hayden. And I wonder, I don't worry because I know you are who mm-hmm. you are, you don't give a damn, but I wonder at, at that stage in the future, will you, will you just, just be bringing a massive pile of nuisance on yourself because it gets it gets picked yeah. up it gets distributed and then all of a sudden you're dealing with people being pressured not to go and see your film because you are a hateful uh, transphobic and make, bigot that'll, and that'll make it go through the roof bring you hopefully
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah <laughs> I I can't change now I'm I'm too old I'm too old to change I, I everyone says you should bend with the wind I'm like no you should lean into the bastard just just make you stand where you can not everyone can. I'm very lucky you know I've you know me i've I've been through boom and bust yeah but but I won't i I won't bend I can't I can't and it's caused friction all' throughout time and it always will but everyone that works with me knows what I'm like I' would do anything for them anything I support anyone who who's doing something I believe in, even if I don't get anything from it. You know, but I, I will not take the knee for, for anybody ever. Well, the obvious question,
0: and, and I and I believe that, the obvious question following on from that then is, is it worse? Why is that? Because you fire your shotgun at lots of issues, right? But um, why this particular issue? Why do you think this issue around gender identity is so important to you?
2: I, I worry. I worry for women and girls. I worry for women and girls at this point. That's the first thing. And I genuinely do. I I genuinely do. I think we're being led by ideology, not science. That's another terrifying thing. If you think science is scary, ideology is worse. And it's coming out what bad choices have been made. And it's taking too long. But also, I, I see it as just another cog in a totalitarian future that I will not embrace. I will not have someone saying you change your life because you're making me feel unsafe, even though they're perfectly fucking safe. Yeah, yeah. perfectly safe, and nothing. Else. They just want to control my thoughts, and mind. So I do what I do and say what I say because I can sleep like a baby at night because I'm not telling anyone to change for me. I don't live your life. Just don't don't hurt everybody. And when I get that, but you're hurting us, he's like. No, I'm not, because you're not really a they them, you narcissistic prick. Yeah. You know, it's just go and be a they them. Knock yourself out, but don't tell me I have to obey. So St- to the typical spoiled brat. The minute you tell me I have to do something, I don't want to do it.
0: Go and do the opposite. Stuart and the yeah. academic, said on this programme two weeks ago, he's such an eloquent guy, Stuart, and um criminologist based in in at Abertaid University in in Dundee, and he said it's almost like with some of these people they 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 have to get validation we have to join in hmm. the fantasy yeah uh, and it's about affirmation affirmation it's about affirmation my that, lived experience is real yeah and my yeah.
2: feelings are more important than anything else and if you don't affirm me despite saying you live all you want nothing should ever happen to you you should never be harmed you should Never be refused housing, healthcare, education, yeah. any of these things. It should never happen to you. And I will stand by you and march with you on those points. But the minute you say, everyone else has to give something up for your ego, like the fully intact bloke saying, Well, I am a woman. Let me in the women's changing rooms to walk around with my cock out. No. How about this? It's a word you should have been told more when you were a kid. No.
0: Absolutely Just right. No.
2: Oh, but then I can't live my life as I want. Well, neither can the rest of us, dickhead. Live with it. We all have to adapt to the world in some ways. It's not well and good me saying I want Ben. We all adapt to the we world. Do with, we do. We with, all, yeah, of course we do. We pay taxes. We stop at red traffic lights. You know, the shit we have to do because it's, it's the way it is or it's the right thing to do. And in no universe that I can comprehend getting your cock and balls out a load of, around a load of little girls reasonable
0: it isn't reasonable, um, speaking of thespians a, by the way, can I just say this mm. not to, because I'm looking at time and time is short and we didn't get to mm. some of the other things we were going to talk to uh, talk about, but um, my pal jean Ann Crowley who you've not met but hopefully next time she's in uh, Salford I think, she will, followed
2: will, Black but, I think she followed Black Octopus and we followed her back
0: Oh, she might have, don't yeah. she? She's not, she's not <laughs> very technical now, to be honest. It might have been a slip of the hand. I'm was, joking when I say that.
2: It's lovely to see her pop up, though, because I've heard so much about her. Yeah, never spoke
0: to her. She she said this, and it's right, she says, well, it's right because it's, you know, it's what she's seen over the years. Very few actors have backbone enough to stand up. Don't forget she says Lawrence Fox's agent sacked him overnight after he appeared on Question Time. And then she says, not to mention uh, Graham Linahan, who Jean anne knows very well, you know him well, lost his father, Ted Musical, and um yeah. and maybe lost his relationship. And the only oh, crime yeah. He, he, yeah
2: his marriage was destroyed by this. Um you know, I mean I don't I don't know Graham well enough to, to comment on his personal life if I'm honest. That we, we say hello, you know, and um again a guy i actually believe he he fervently believes he's fighting for women's rights and that's it it's not based on hate that's just a lazy easy way of making him uh, a pantomime demon he passionately believes he's fighting for women's and children's rights and his life's been turned upside down for it here's a quick question for you
0: yeah and we'll finish on this right today thanks for your Mm. time today because i know you're up to your eyes casting And script rewrites and everything else. No, I know you do, buddy, but I've seen seen you in action. It is is a mammoth. I, I thought I was the dog's undercarriage. Let's put it that way, right? I thought I was the dog's undercarriage, producing these shows every day and doing this. But putting on films my God, that's a different yeah, thing. I get a lot of help. I yeah, but of still, help. I've got but, an
2: amazing crew. But still, so
0: it's astonishing I to me. I still
2: wouldn't do what you do. That's way too much. It's way too much. I've seen what that does to you.
0: Oh, yeah. no. Sometimes it's tough, no, no. yeah. Here's the, the question, right? We don't like mm. governments. We don't like draconian laws. But in this you. case, in this case, would you like to see it enshrined in legislation that biological sex is, is binary and that a person born with a penis can never be a woman. Is that a law that needs to be passed at this stage? Um, I, I, the, the,
2: the second part of it, I mean, they can never be a woman, um, but they can tend to their one if they like. They just can't access, they shouldn't be allowed to access female only spaces, shouldn't be allowed to compete against women in uh, certainly physical sports, shouldn't be allowed to take over rape crisis centers, shouldn't be allowed to take women's grants. Certainly shouldn't be women winning Women of the Year awards. Um, I, I think we need some common sense around it that protects them as well, um, but also just just protects women. There's a reason we separate the sexes. It's because us men can be fucking animals. Yeah, and if all oh, well and good, you you men, men's rights activists go, well, women can be bad too. So, yeah, well, come on, mate. <laughs> come on. You know it as well as I do. Men, we're we're not supposed to be in those places. They were segregated for a reason, and it wasn't for our safety. Now, I understand trans women feel they might be unsafe in men's toilets. I don't think blokes are queuing up to sexually abuse them. However, maybe it's time for a third space, although that's a lot of effort for a very small number of people. So I don't have the answers, but it needs to be... It needs to be clarified a hell of a lot. Look at the mess Nicola Sturgeon's got herself into. She doesn't know whether she's coming or going now. It's been beautiful to watch.
0: Yeah, particularly Um, because she's... At the same time,
2: I I stand there laughing about her. They put rapists in women's prisons. That stops being funny really quickly for the women in prison. um, Because, you know, most women in prison are a hell of a lot more vulnerable than the male population um Can't
0: believe we're even talking about that. We're we're just about hey, oh,
2: it's insane. It's of, insane. But I've I've taken that because it it leads into a lot of things for me that issue, and I just don't like bricks telling me what to fucking do because they they think their feelings mean anything.
0: Absolutely right. Yes. Hey, listen, folks. Yeah. Uh, go to BlackOctopusProductions dot com to learn more about the films that uh, Hayden has already made and that w- that he, that he will be making. Just twenty five seconds and, and no more. Yes. You've got a feature coming out. It's dark. And, it's called Kara. The working title, maybe the title is, will be Kara. yeah.
2: It is. It covers um, mental illness, abuse, uh, drug use. Every, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly dark, touching a lot of real issues, but also, fingers crossed, will just work as a really brutal experience. No happy ending, no popcorn movie, no roller coaster ride.
0: <laughs> dark. Uh, as dark as it gets. Thanks for coming on today and shooting the breeze. I really appreciate it. It's and my uh,
2: pleasure, mate. Always love it. Always love it. Cheers, Thanks Hayden, very much.
0: And boy, for now. Hayden Hewitt, director, screenwriter, the man, one of the men behind BlackOctopusProductions.com. Go there if you get a chance. Look at the films that are available to watch check him out. You'll find him on Twitter too. Hayden Hewitt on Twitter. His Twitter uh, account is always fun. There's always an argument, and it's always entertaining, so check him out there. Uh, Wayne has been in touch to say, I believe if it wasn't for David and Alex, it's David Icke and Alex Jones, most people who have an alternative view of events would still be in the dark along with the masses. They've done more to spread alternative information across the globe than anyone, he says. If their actions were helping the enemy, as Hayden said, then Alex wouldn't have been attacked the way he has been, and David uh, wouldn't have been banned from The the European Union as a level three terrorist threat. That's uh, Wayne there. And then he says, David saying ridiculous things. It's funny how most of the things he said once considered nonsense have now been shown to be true. Thanks for that, uh, Wayne. I pulled him up on it. Uh, Hayden has a a different view of uh, not so much David. It's more Alex, I think, than, than, than I do. And he expressed it. And I expressed mine. Uh, David Icke is sincere, I know David Icke I knew David Icke very well and whatever anybody might think about David's theories about the nature of reality and the world we live in, um, and I have a lot of uh, sympathy with many of those theories uh, as you well know, uh, he's 110% sincere I don't believe that a lot of what Alex Jones said over the years was sincere and by years I mean latter years I believe Alex saw the dollar signs Alex Jones knew better than to support Donald Trump in his presidential bid. He knew better. Jones knew that it's two cheeks of the same backside. You cannot change anything through the democratic electoral process. But uh, he knew this, but he went that direction in any case because he saw the dollar signs. David Icke would never do that and has never done anything like that. So um, I get you, Wayne. I I made the point myself but everybody is entitled to their opinion and that's what this programme is all about we sometimes hear from people on this programme who have different opinions than we do like I'm sure some people will be proper, properly annoyed at Hayden's characterization of the, the, the Roger Waters David Gilmour story but that's his opinion what do we really know about Roger Waters I agree with pretty much everything he's ever said publicly about Israel but what do I know about him really the answer is nothing this is uh, Christopher Cross on The Richie Allen Show. Do not go anywhere. The time is five minutes past the hour. Celeste Solon will be with me momentarily. I'm enjoying the programme. It's a uh, Tuesday's show. Keep the comments coming in, by the way. Christopher Cross, if that is right, like the wind. Seven minutes past six here in the UK in Salford. And we're a week into February, which is wonderful, because we have broken the back of the winter. Spring is on the horizon. Do you know, our our, our next guest, it's been a, a while since she was on, she's a remarkable lady, really. I don't know if you've checked out the brilliant Celestial Report. You'll find that online, you'll find it on YouTube, you'll find it on BitChute, you'll find it everywhere. Um, she's a writer, a researcher, a whistleblower who once worked for FEMA in the US, that's the Federal Emergency management agency and the last time celeste was on the program we talked about a couple of very important things uh, an emf hot war we talked about that's very present at the moment we talked about prepping and other tips as well about what people can do to prepare themselves for the future let's welcome back to the program uh, the one and only celeste Solem. how are you celeste welcome back
6: i'm doing How about yourself,
0: Richie? I'm fine. And, you know, I can see you on camera. It's beautiful. You've got a lovely fire there in the background. It looks really cosy. It looks fantastic. Now, I was thinking of you, I think it was at the weekend, there was a report in the British press, rather alarming. It said that the average person in the UK is only managing to get about six hours sleep per night and that this is playing havoc with their present health and also their future health. And it went into one or two reasons. It said that this has really you know, taken on a life of its own during the pandemic, right? That it's COVID and stuff like that. But I do remember speaking to you, maybe one of the first times we spoke, and you talked about um, electronic radiation, EMF smog, and the impact that would have, particularly on people's ability to sleep. And hello, most of us these days are a kilometre away or 1.5 kilometers away from a 5G tower. I guess you think these things are related.
6: Absolutely. I, as a matter of fact, I just took a six-month tour of the United or uh, well, the eastern part of the United States. And the minute that it was very interesting, because at home I have insomnia because I have a great big, well, actually, I, in a town of 49, I have seven major cell towers and seven large antennas. Of course, I didn't know that when I bought the place they don't advertise that. And so basically, I would get two to four hours of sleep. But as soon as I left on the road and most of the places that I stayed were rural, there were a few cities, but for the most part, it was rural. Um, I slept like a baby. I mean, I spent the first, I don't know, six weeks catching up on my sleep that I hadn't done in forever. And I know that it's a direct EMF impact. You know, that that's why, what is causing my insomnia.
0: And when yeah. when I said yesterday that you were coming back on today, one of them, um, uh, there's about 17 different questions listeners said, you know, Celeste will have an opinion because they follow you. You can go to shepherdsheart.life, by the way, shepherdsheart.life to find out more about Celeste. I'm sure you do know who she is, but if you're new to this type of program, check out uh, Celeste's work there. One of the things we heard during the the initial rollout of the COVID mRNA jabs was some people said that the the mRNA code uh, uh, sorry COVID jabs that they there might be some evidence that the jabs um not work alongside but exposure to 5G cell tower radiation um is going to affect a person who has been jabbed more than someone who hasn't been jabbed. Now when this was first said, Celeste, as you well know, this was dismissed as absolutely wacky conspiracy theory. It's crazy. But I understand that some evidence is emerging that the jabbed are more susceptible when they are around these towers. What do you think?
6: Absolutely, because they both have all the uh, little manipulated Messenger RNAs have both a receiver and a transceiver, so they both can send messages and receive messages.
0: So that's a a serious concern, That So if you've been jabbed and you're around a tower, the tower will affect you more than it would affect somebody who isn't jabbed. And of course, this won't be widely known. And you did your tour of the eastern United States, Celeste. It's funny, you know, we, we, we worry about people not understanding about the harmful effects of, of radiation or the harmful effects of jabs, but but people don't understand that their cell phones, their tablets, their microwave ovens, this is something that people just don't know, even in 2023, right?
6: Absolutely. You know, uh, it was about three years ago, um, I had got my old crockpot, uh, decided to break, and so I bought a new one, and it happened to be a smart one, which meant it just had a timer, right? But I had a bug detector, which to find out if you have EMF and what's producing what in your house, and the and my smart crockpot was ratting on me. Now who, too? I have no idea, but it was logging when it was on, when it was off, how long it was on. Uh, the settings that I put in it,
0: and so forth. That's a, that's astonishing, isn't it? There is a webinar on Celeste's website, by the way, shepherdsheart.life. Check it out. It's a six-part webinar series, The Soul Catcher. There's a lot of information about this subject. Uh, check out Deep Dive with Celeste, uh, the Lord of Hosts, a great website, uh, dot Life. It seems to me that despite the best efforts, Celeste, of our governments and the media, evidence is reaching people that were uninformed or people that were unenlightened, evidence is reaching them that they really should stay a million miles away from the mRNA COVID jabs. What do we put that down to? Is that some energetic achievement, do you think, on on, on behalf of those who do know? Are we somehow putting it out there energetically that it is reaching people? Because people who never heard of this radio show, they never heard of Dr. Mercola, they never heard of Celeste Solom. All of a sudden, they're saying, I'm not going to have another job. I'm not sure these jobs are safe. I wonder, is is there some energetic thing going on, whereas those of us who do know are putting it out there? What what do you think? Is that even possible?
6: I think we are putting it out there, and there is a concerted effort. We're trying to be as coordinated as we can be to get the information out. But I have some shocking and disappointing news, probably since the last time that we uh, were on is that at the beginning of 2021, the World Economic Forum announced that the messenger RNA would be in the entire food supply by the end of 2021. And in December of 2021, they did go on, you know, public and say that it was um, complete, that the messenger RNA um, was in, the entire commercial food supply. So, and that goes from livestock feed to plants to animals, and then it goes, eventually makes its way into us and can modify our DNA and RNA. So that's my next uh, webinar that's coming up. Uh, there's still time, I'm, I've got the first, uh, the terminology because it's like being landing on Mars It's new words, new language. Remember when you first heard the word hydrogel and humanized mice? It was so foreign. Well, now they've taken it one step further. And unfortunately, uh, to keep ourselves safe, uh, we have to know the language. And it was interesting. I bumped into somebody at the grocery store the other day who didn't know about this. And so I had um, one product that was fine. And then I picked up another product and I show contains biotechnology ingredients. Um, it might say biotech, it might say biotechnology. It could actually use CRISPR-Cas9. And so you can find on many of your products right now that they do contain biotech, um, engineer uh, ingredients. Lit- and that is basically giving you the moderna and pfizer platforms into your body my
0: my it, jaw is on the floor here now so, yeah. so so what have they done have they begun adapting so the biotech companies like monsanto and others is it that they're modifying the genetic sequencing for their crops and including mrna is that how they're doing it
6: Yes, absolutely, and they knew that people didn't like um, the jab, and so what better way? As soon as as soon as SARS-CoV-2 hit, uh, the Mexican government went to work to, to do a mRNA tomato, and so I'm going to be going into this in great depth so that you can know how compre- comprehensive this is, not only to the animals and the plants themselves but it's going into the animal feed so we all have to be really careful if you can grow your own i highly recommend it but that's not always possible yeah for
0: most people yeah what,
6: what i'm doing is i i have a biblical worldview so basically i give thanks for my food because we might not have such a great supply in the future and then i ask that the lord would take and filter it and purify it and refine it and maybe you have a different faith and you might be able to do the same thing i don't know but that's my prayer life has i i no longer take food or water or even air for granted anymore
0: in, in this world I, I i can't say that i blame you celeste Solom is our guest right let's on kind of let's pull apart some of this um I know you the the three or four or five times we've spoken to be somebody I I take seriously. I think you're a serious researcher. You've obviously worked for FEMA and you don't you're not prone to coming out with sensational statements. But this is terrifying stuff, so I've got to do my job. Can you prove that they've begun to do this to the food supply? You've got the absolute black and white proof of this.
6: So if you well it's on Rumble. I don't know if it actually shows the bugs, but at Shepherd's Heart Bot Life on my blog, there's something called edible, um, either bugs or insects or weapon. And what happened when I came home from my trip, I had ordered just before I left some organic sesame seeds. And I made, when I got home, I made a loaf of homemade bread and I did an egg wash on top of it. And then I was going to sprinkle my sesame seeds on top of my bread. And guess what came out? Worms. I kid you not. There were, it was these little quarter inch worms all over. And then I looked inside my sesame seed thing, which was new and, and it was still sealed, um, and there were spider webs in it You're they kidding had made nests they had made a nest in my sesame seeds and that's one way that they're going to get it in embedding these worms and things into our food products as a matter of fact the codex alimentarius right now now allows whole insects into remember in the old days it used to be you could only have a food with a part per million yes, of insects or a bunch. But now they just let, oh, you know, the whole thing can be in. And what a lot of people don't realize that the United Nations put the mandate out for these sustainable goals that they have, that you could not take anything from nature. So that means that um, it has to come from a lab. So what's happening is our food supply is transitioning to lab-generated food. And if you go to the DARPA.mil site right now, you know, they're always ahead of the curve. Like 10 years ago, they had a program called Cornucopia. And the Cornucopia was going to 3D print food. I remember
0: this, yeah.
6: Out of air, water, and electricity with a few weaponized uh, bugs for flavoring. I kid you not. Yeah, you're so right. It, I remember that. It, will. it went operational on Friday. Last it Friday. went
0: operational on Friday. Look, yes. uh, So I hope you're wrong. Listen, I'm not disbelieving you, because like I said, I I, I I, know you to be somebody of integrity, but I hope you're wrong. However, I concede that w- we, we are educated enough to know that this is something they've desired for a long time. They have desired to medicate the population without their consent, and they've done it in so many different ways. Celeste, haven't they? They have put fluoride in water supplies around the world without the consent of the population. And we know that vaccine refuseniks are a big problem for the monsters behind the agendas that we talk about. And how better to get, you know, to get ahead of the vaccine refuseniks, but to give them. The vaccines in the food supply there's also something called self-transmitting or self-spreading vaccines that are in the in the pipeline too but you believe that this has gone into action what i can say is in theory here here in the uk our food supply doesn't have gmos in it in theory now i know this, in,
6: this is gmo
0: no 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 i know it isn't It's something else yeah but you're okay. saying that you've got here's another question Assuming you're right, why would they label the, the food product with the biotech label? Why would they do that? That's, you know, that's obviously for an investigator like you, that's fantastic because it tells you exactly what's happening. Like if they want to do this without people understanding it's happening, why put the ingredient on the label?
6: Well, it's the same way that we get predictive programming, right? right. Uh, you know, they have to tell us before they do it. So what better way you go to the grocery store to get some bread and you don't look at the label and but it has the biotech food in it and so you eat the bread and there you go you get backs too
0: Yeah and if you're because GMOs have been rolled out I, I know I don't don't you can shout at me if you like cuz I'm I'm not making the same mistake again but the point I was going to make is people in the United States are more accustomed to having the choice of foods that have been genetically engineered. Whereas here in the UK, it in theory, we don't have any foods that have been genetically engineered. I know the mRNA is not a genetic modification. but um, So what I'm saying is, in the US, you might look at the label and see a biotech, and you might think nothing of it. That's the point I'm making. You might think, oh, well, that's fine. And you might have the product. If Celeste is right, it's absolute emergency. Alarm bells for people around the world that they've already begun to modify the, 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 the food supply with the mRNA jabs because ultimately the mRNA jabs are the future. I mean, you can h- help explain this, Celeste. They, they plan on basically doing away with healthcare and putting people on a steady supply, don't they, of mRNA jabs forever.
6: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, these mRNA actually – make a, you turn your body into a bioreactor and so you continually make these in your body it never stops just ki- kind of like the gmo made pesticides and once it got into your gut it continued to make pesticides and over time that really injured and damaged people's health
0: it, it did you're absolutely right if celeste is right Celeste, don't get annoyed with me because i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying if you're right and this has be- begun already. Well then, the gloves are off now. This is absolutely war on humanity, isn't it, if they're doing this? Here's a message on my website from Lucy, who says she buys organic bio-apples from Lidl or Lidl. you know it's a German supermarket in the UK, operating in the UK, as well as Europe and France, but in the UK. The apples do not contain pips or seeds. Now I think I know why, she says. That's strange. If I buy an apple... I expect to cut into it and see the seeds or the pips, but if they're not there, is that a giveaway, Celeste? Is that a, a red herring? Is that a red flag?
6: So basically that is telling you that that apple is synthetic biology and it's changing the apple from its original function as food to doing something for the environment to save the, the planet. And part of that is to get rid of reproduction. They don't want reproduction in humans. They don't want reproduction in animals. And they don't want reproduction in plants. And so that's the reason that you're not seeing uh, the seeds.
0: This agenda you're talking about now, this mRNA, this blends into the climate change claims, doesn't it? The claims that you and I are killing the planet because we basically respirate, because we breathe in and out, which is a nonsense, but it bleeds neatly into that, doesn't it? Your carbon creation.
6: Yeah, so they're going to be with the new foods in this cornucopia, they're going to take out CO2, they're going to take out oxygen and they're going to take out nitrogen. They're going to redesign plants and the plants will no longer be for food Uh, they're saying it's for food but they're not really for food what they become is giant like sponges sucking out the things that they don't want in our atmosphere and they're redesigning the roots of the plants um, to go very deep into the earth and take the what used to be our atmosphere and put it deep in the earth or in giant holding tanks um, under the earth So they're redesigning the plants altogether, not for food, but to save the planet.
0: And Celeste worked for, you're listening to Celeste Solon, by the way. Celeste worked for FEMA at one time. Check out shepherdsheart.life. That's her website. There's an absolute treasure trove of information on there. I think the very first time we spoke, Celeste, I mentioned to you FEMA camps. And I remember some years ago, back in, not, not so much the early days, but... When he was kind of just about established, Alex Jones did a really good kind of expose with some help from some, um, some journalists of, of the building of many, many, many camps um, around the country. And it was thought at the time that maybe these camps were for, first of all, for maybe foreign invaders, but then it was thought, no, maybe it's for domestic terrorists. But then we, we start to look at this again and we think that maybe FEMA camps, and we know they exist, are they have they been built and prepared for people like you, Celeste, for people who stand up and say, "No, I'm not going to live like this." Are they preparing? Do you think for an uprising from the people? Is that plan already in place and is it ready to to go into action?
6: No, actually, it is. Uh, what they so back in 2005 there was something called the International Health Regulations. Um, that was put forth by the UN that was binding in your country and our country and probably all the listeners countries out there. And so what they were, they said that there would be quarantines like what we saw um, with the SARS-CoV-2. There would be a temporary quarantine, but as far as a camp, like what we might've seen in World War II, Um, If you remember back in 2019, they kept in the media all over, I mean, in every media that you could see, they kept saying post-human, post-human, and everybody's scratching their head, what in the world is post-human? And so they don't really need a labor force because they've got all the robotics right now. To do this. Basically, it is you would be detained for a short period of time for a quarantine situation, um, but most of the time it's depopulation centres.
0: Depopulation centres. And it's at this point that I've got to acknowledge something I've been saying for some time. Your take on this will be fascinating, Celeste. I, I think you're on to something. I think you're more than on to something. And because I do, I also know that I can't take that information to most people. Because right. most people say, forget it, you're, you're, you're crazy. You should be locked up. I have a feeling that we're going to have to live in parallel societies or do our best. Like you talked earlier on very eloquently about growing for yourself and being as sustainable, self-sustainable as you can. And you talked about it last time. Because I think that these agendas are so far advanced. And I'm not being a pessimist here. I just think that there's got to be a dark period or it seems like there will be for humanity where we're going to have to tough it out for a while maybe we'll win in the end but maybe there's going to be a period maybe i won't live to see humanity free again am i a pessimist celeste or is that a possibility could it be a long road this
6: so i think we actually are having this very positive time with the advent of this uh contaminated food supply It's giving us the opportunity right now to distance ourselves from that corrupt system and to embrace a system of simple living. So I like to say that I'm the 1880 pioneer woman (laughs) um, uh, fighting the 21st century war. And I think that we can live in both worlds. I mean, that's how I stay balanced. I have to go to these dark places, but when I go out in my organic garden with my fruits and my vegetables and my flowers, one, they're very nutrient dense because I grow them the right way. And uh, they're beautiful, they're food for the soul. And so I think, and then just like many people have said, well, maybe I shouldn't go to the hospital anymore. Maybe it's not the safe thing anymore. Maybe people can try Learning how to use essential oils, supplements, um, nutrient, you know, drinks, um, various different type of alternative modalities for health. I just invested in some frequency, um, four frequency devices, and I'm really loving them. I I think my as a matter of fact, I can tell you this great story. So before I left, you know, I had three rounds of COVID, so my hair took it bad. I mean it turned gray and it was unmanageable no matter what I put on it. And um, so I came back after using these. I stayed with a couple doctors and so they had me use these these devices. And when I came back I just got my hair cut because it needed it. And my hairdresser said your hair is so healthy and the color is coming back into it and I feel like a brand new woman
0: interesting so and where would somebody look online to find out about one of those devices
6: So I am doing something every Monday called healthy uh, healthy Monday and it's on Rumble so if you go to rumble.com, and you go Celeste, Solum, S-O-L-U-M, one word, because the people that copy my work do yeah. yeah, yeah, Solum yeah. in two words. So I put it in one word, and that way you'll get my official channel, and then you can watch you can watch the Healthy Monday for free. And I'm doing one device every Monday and then this month, and then next month we'll go into some other things that people can do in their very own home to promote
0: health. Fascinating stuff. So when you're on Rumble.com, Celeste Solemn all one word to get to the official channel. Faisal has, um, my website, the comment segment has gone crazy. So there's dozens and dozens of comments here. So let's get some contradictory uh, uh, comments here. Not contradictory, but some, some challenging ones. Good one from Faisal, Celeste. He says, he's not that worried about the mRNA in food because he thinks it's different to injecting it directly from the syringe because through the food it has to go through a myriad of biological defenses unlike jabbing. What do you think of that?
6: Well I wish it was true but um, he's right in one sense because it is less concentrated but unfortunately they made the MRNA invisible. It's kind of like having a cloaking device or camel. And so your body doesn't recognize it as an invader, and then it starts to take over your body.
0: Okay. Something else now. Um, somebody said to me, we spoke last year, and we did a brilliant, it was fascinating talk about prepping, as well as the EMF. And somebody said afterwards, and you've got thick skin, so you won't you won't mind this. Somebody said afterwards, that Celeste Solem is really intelligent. She's really bright. And um, I've picked up a, you know, a lot from her on YouTube as it was, and now rumble, but she's got to be naive if she thinks that the state is going to allow people like her live in the countryside with her, you know, her garden and growing for herself. They won't tolerate that. They'll attempt to come out to people like you and say the wood fires you are burning are dangerous. You are, you know, creating too much CO two. So. A bit rude to call you naive because you're not naive. But it's a good point, Celeste. Do you worry that you won't be allowed to do the 1880 woman in Montana planting her flag and living her life? That they'll say, excuse me, no, you'll come back to one of these camps or you'll come back to a super, uh, not a super, a smart city. What do you say to that?
6: So um, this this person forgot that I used to work for the government. That's right. (laughs) so I know how to war against them so like in my town they would not let me have chickens and so I went and I did an official for the record memorandum uh, that they could not dismiss it absolutely by law has to go into the record and they had to make a decision and guess what yesterday Monday it was Monday I went uh before my interview and um they are going to allow me to have five chickens. But the problem is they said, OK, but what that means is one, you have to get a license or a permit for your chickens. And I said, for food, you're going to make me get a license food. Or, or permit for food. And then they said, we can come into your home and onto your property any time, day or night, around the clock to see what you're to up
0: count, to. To count the chickens
6: or whatever, you know, but they, like I said, they don't really know who they are tangling with. So um, having worked for the government, I can get a little feisty. So they've bitten off more than they can choose. But I will do it politely, because I believe that we can get more flies with honey than vinegar. So I will be polite, but I will be firm. And, you know, we've got God-given right, constitutional right, common law you have common law we have common law yeah. rights that cannot be taken away from us and we do not have to allow ourselves to be starved. you just have to know the right way to approach your government officials
0: and a lot of our listeners will be very interested in common law and they'll be screaming at me because I've been I've been dismissive of it in the past and what what I, what I mean by that is, things are so tyrannical. Why should we expect the state in its many guises to obey the law? They don't. They break the law whenever it suits them. They murder people, they disappear people. So that so when somebody says common law to me, I think Celeste, yes, yeah, in theory, the common laws are beautiful laws, natural laws. But tyrants run our countries at the moment. You know, crazy people that do crazy things, like we we have this situation in Ukraine. And they're exacerbating this, they're sending tanks and planes instead of saying, hang on a second, we can't have this, we can't live like this. But uh, no, I hear you, Celeste Solom is our guest, by the way, it's 23 minutes to the top of the air. Time is absolutely flying. Loads of comments on this. Go to Shepherds. let me just bring the website up, shepherdsheart.life, shepherdsheart.life, that's where you'll find uh, Celeste, you'll find her on rumble.com. All one word, Celeste Solum, that's uh, S-O-L-U-M. Let me bring up some more messages here. Popular guest you are, Celeste, lots of interest in this. And people are genuinely horrified at the idea that they might be already, as you believe they are, you know, infecting, let's call it what it is, infecting the food supply with mRNA technology to get around the fact that millions of people knew better than to have one of these uh, jabs. William says, I don't think seedless fruit is a new thing. Most people don't know that a real banana is full of big seeds and far from the ones we buy in shops. Humans have genetically manipulated fruit for millennia. I've been doing a wee bit on this at uh, college, uh, he says. And that's the thing again. Why should anybody in the UK believe the government when the government says your food is not genetically modified? We shouldn't believe them, should we, Celeste? It could very well be that it is genetically modified.
6: Well, I, the first place I would look is on the label and just see for yourself. And then I would do for some further investigation. Um, as far as I can see, I am going through like 100 studies right now, uh, just extracting the, the highlights of those studies. And I'll be presenting those hopefully this week. Um, so it's... It, it's you can be an ostrich and put your head in the you know in the hole in the sand, but you're only gonna harm your, your health. It's really better to kind of be even about examining examining your food. you know would you write somebody a blank che- a check you know would you hand your let's say somebody you didn't know, not a friend and not family. Would you just hand them one of your checks and you signed your name no. a blank? And yet that's what people did with the vaccine. And they also are doing it now with the food. They don't want to look that, you know, close my eyes, put my fingers in my ears. I'm not gonna hear, not gonna listen. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna manifest my own reality. And unfortunately, That also is very dangerous right now because of the metaverse. There's Pokemon metaverse. There's different metaverses that they want you to go in and manifest your own reality. So that's pretty dangerous, too. They want you to just sit in a tiny house in a lazy boy chair with your Oculus glasses and live your life vicariously in this fantasy world where there's no consequences. And, and not ever move from it. You would be born into it and you would die there. And quite frankly, that is reminiscent of Soylent Green. And I don't yeah. really want to no, be <laughs> you know? I, t-
0: I tell you what, this is, a, a again, a really important thread. I read in one of the newspapers here last year, one of the broadsheets, it was an interview with a member of U2, the rock band. I can't think if it was Bono or The Edge. It might have been The Edge. And they were saying, you know, they've always been very excited by technology, even though, you know, the band, the, the guys are in their 60s now. They're not old, of course, they're not, but they're they're probably past their peak, their prime. But they've always been right on the edge of technology, always, no pun intended. And they thought this was a wonderful thing that fans from all over the world could basically put a suit on, put a helmet on, and be instantly transported to the front row of a U2 concert. And the band wouldn't have to travel around the world. And this, of course, would would, would, would stop uh, CO2. This would uh, be a good thing for climate change. The band could do this in a, in a shed in Dublin. And you and I, Celeste, if we were stupid enough, we could buy one of the suits. And you and I could go on a date and go to watch the U2 concert and think we were there, but we're not there. You're right, they're rolling all this stuff out so that nobody will leave their homes. And do you think they will sell this to youngsters, sell it by way of saying, CO2 is killing the planet. We can bring every experience into your living room. That's how it's going to be, right?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And you're not going to have any consequences. You don't have to work. You don't have to get up at a certain time or go to bed at a certain time. And you can do whatever you want. The sky's the limit.
0: Yeah, you could and- have an erotic experience with, um, I don't know, the hottest actress on planet Earth right now. Even though you're not. All of this stuff, yeah. This is the thing I remember. We mentioned at the beginning of the program, early on we, we talked about, uh, just briefly talked about something that David, David Icke had said. I remember years ago, uh, David Icke said to me over a drink in a pub in London, he said the problem with virtual reality is they've already got us um, one step away from reality in terms of most people don't know what we are or why we're here um, but when they get them into the virtual universe or the metaverse, they're taking them a further step, one more step away from understanding who they really are. I'm guessing you might have some sympathy with that point of view Yeah,
6: absolutely, that's why I did the Soul Catcher uh, series because I don't think a lot of people realize that there is a link between you as a spiritual being and technology and technology can st- steal your soul it literally can suck it out your smartphone, your laptop, whatever device that you have can in it can these days uh, capture your soul. And I didn't get that from me. I got it from a Dr. Jane, Dr. James Giordano, who is sets a neuro-weaponry policy for the United States and the world. So he had said for the two years before I did Soul Catcher that we have been able to capture the human soul through technology. And I kind of poo it, you know, because I don't say anything until I've done my research. No, you don't. And- yeah. I did my research, and I did, in fact, find out that what he, in fact, said was the truth.
0: So one of these things we, we, we've read about over the years, transhumanism, one of the things that we we were horrified when we first read it many moons ago, they want to capture, as you said, our soul, our consciousness, and upload that to the cloud so that it can be there outside of the physical body Um, after the death of the physical body. Do you think they might have achieved that already? That they might have succeeded in, you know, using human, human guinea pigs, that they might have been able to take somebody's consciousness and put it online or put it in the cloud? Or maybe they haven't achieved it, but it's certainly something they want to do, right?
6: Absolutely, absolutely. I think what I would be concerned about is: okay, you go to the cloud, you upload your memories, your emotions, your everything about your consciousness to the cloud, right? What happens with your when your social credit score goes down and you're not compliant? um, What happens to you? Are you like like stuck in cloud a cloud prison or what?
0: Purgatory. You yeah. could make a biblical an analogy there, couldn't you? You could be in purgatory. You could be, yes, sent to a dark place for the equivalent of a thousand years. It might only be 20 minutes, but it might feel like a thousand years uh, to you. Celeste Solom is our guest. We've only got five minutes left on this. Go to shepherdsheart.life to find out more about Celeste. Think about you That that, that that's really refreshing. You're delivering this stuff, this information, this research, but in an optimistic way. It's like you said to me a while ago that I'm wrong. Effectively, you don't agree with me. We don't necessarily have to have a bleak 50 or 100 years before we manage to get get back into the game. You think, no, we can do it now. Now's the time to do it, not 50 years from now.
6: Absolutely. Um, I believe that in the next minute, if you purposed in your mind to do it, you could make it happen. And, yeah, is it going to take a little bit of work to get out of the old system um, and get in and do a new system? Yeah. Is it probably going to be a little uncomfortable? But, you know, how many of you, you know, you get a new outfit, um, a shirt and pair of pants, and they're not comfortable at first. Uh, But then you get, you know, then they get older and, you know, you get more comfortable in them. Yeah. And. I think that that's the way that it will become a blessing to you and, and good for you. And it will be positive and it will help you to, as the dark waves go over and over, um, it will help you to sail over. And I'm going to say something that, so 48 hours after my husband was killed, um, I heard a voice from heaven and, 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 The Lord said, the waves are going to come because, you know, they they are. You know, uh, loss is, especially a quick loss, is very difficult to deal with. And many of you know what that's like. Um, But he goes, I want you to think of yourself as a fishing bobber. And when the waves come, you're just bobbing along, bobbing along, bobbing along. And that really stuck with me. And I tell you, those waves did hit sometimes very, very difficult ones, like yeah. where was I gonna live? Where, where, what was gonna be my income? Basic, how was I gonna take care of an organic farm by myself? Different things like this. But every time I just thought of that little fishing bobber and I just smiled, and I just sailed right through whatever trial it was. And so I think for all the listeners out there, it can be that way for them too.
0: That's a great uh, thought, Celeste. A very, very good friend of mine and a very important uh, part of the Richie Allen Show, uh, Paul Ripley. Paul's wife died suddenly just before uh, Christmas. Now, I used the words died suddenly. Uh, our listeners shouldn't think it, it it didn't have anything to do with the vaccine. Um, she had cancer, but um, it was picked up very late. And this has a lot to do, of course, with the fact that people weren't being, they, they weren't taken care of here during the COVID. Everything stopped for COVID and people didn't get tested and stuff. And um, he's grieving, of course. Um, he's doing his best, but thats it's a nice thought. I, I'll mention that to Paul when, when I speak with him. Celeste, it's um, brilliant to have you on. Despite the gravity of the subjects we're, we're speaking about, you're always welcome back here. Let me just remind our listeners, you should go to rumble.com, put Celeste Solem in there, Uh, to get her updates. You'll get the Celestial Report there. Go to shepherdsheart.life to find out more. You'll get the webinars on there as well. Um, Godspeed Celeste. Thanks for your time today and thanks for the optimism. It's much needed I think.
6: Yeah I think we, we live in a world that we need hope and not a false hope but a real hope and so I really do believe that we have that.
0: Well you've given us some of that today Celeste and thanks for sharing those personal memories as well. It really means a lot. Thank you.
6: Okay, thank you.
0: And boy, for now. Let's not leave it so long before the next time. Let's get you back on soon enough.
6: Okay, sounds good to
0: me. Thanks, Celeste. Celeste Solom, folks. Shepherdsheart.life, Rumble.com. When you get to Rumble, just uh, look for Celeste Solom, S-O-L-U-M, and that's all one word to get the official channel. Lovely to speak with Celeste this afternoon. At uh, the time, it's exactly ten minutes to the top of the hour. You are with the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk, Fab Radio Two in Manchester, and the in app.
1: Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support the Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk.
0: She's lovely, Celeste, isn't she? I hope she's wrong, though, that they've not really begun to insert the mRNA tech, you know, the equivalent of the jabs into food. I, I just hope she's wrong. Some of you have put links on. I can't verify any of that. All I can say is that I, I, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't say that unless she believed it. But um, for more on it, of course, go to rumble.com and go to Sue, to Celeste's channel to find out more about it. But um, I, I, I think I believe, I shouldn't say we know, because I don't know. I believe that forcing the, the technology into people, the mRNA technology, the medicine, right, if you want to call it that, Forcing it into people against their will, I believe that is something that's on the cards. It's on the menu, I believe. Remember we talked about how, back when the jabs were rolled out, obviously a lot of people like you and like me, we said no thank you. In some cases we were, we used um, rather more choice language than no thank you, right? I didn't, I was polite. I got one text, I had one phone call from the local surgery and I said no and don't ring me again. That's that's how it went right? The future missus had about 6-7 texts inviting her and then they stopped. I think she rang them or she managed to get them to stop and that was that. And we, we theorised, you and me, we theorised that if they really pushed this, they might in the future, not now, like not 5 years but maybe 10 years down the line, maybe sooner, they might come and say, listen now Paddy there's a deadly virus going around and it just won't do that you won't have the jab. You've got to think of your neighbours. And we we hypothesised that they might then say, say, come quietly or we'll take you by force. We were fantasising about this, weren't we? You and me. Would this happen in the future? The men in the Kevlar vests with the guns would come like in some of the movies and say, right, you're having the jab. But now I think that might be unlikely and they might try to find a way of getting the jabs into people without people knowing about it. And I think it was Spiro Scoras a year or so ago sent me a link when I was on air about self-spreading vaccines. A a genuine link from, from, I think it was Moderna or Pfizer, one of the websites anyway, you know, demonstrating that this stuff was in production. That they were planning the evil, maniacal bastards to develop vaccines that would go into person A and then whether person B or C didn't want them or not was irrelevant because they were going to transmit, to transfer from person A to person B and C. So maybe, you know, the, the horror fantasies about them coming to get you and dragging you off by your heels, maybe just that, just horror fantasies. And Shambhala, it doesn't matter what I say, nobody listens to me. Can you just start using just first names, please? I feel like an idiot. It's like walking into McDonald's and ordering a Filet-O-Fish and feeling like a price prick because who speaks like that? Filet-O-Fish. Anyway, Shambhala says the sooner people start acknowledging the behemoth corporate grey elephant in their living room, the better. But that's just nonsense. They won't. Well, you're not listening to Celeste and myself. You take what she said to us to 99 out of 100 people and most of them will think you belong in a mental institution. How do you get around that? I don't know. I wish I did know. Because if I did know, I might be able to do something about it. Yes, they might be planning to put the mRNA jabs into the food to prevent you from saying no thanks. Yeah, you're a madman. Uh, Patricia says, when I first moved to Switzerland many years ago, I would always look for produce from the US. Now, because of genetically modified food, I never buy produce from the US. Very sad. Yeah, I totally get that, Uh, Patricia. 100%. I remember when I first started doing shows like this, covering the genetic modification of food, horrifying stuff. James says Silent Green is people. Diane says, why did Celeste tell the state she had chickens? You never, ever volunteer information to the state. Never tell the fuckers anything, says Diane. Amen, Diane. Amen, sister. Absolutely. 100%. Jean-Anne was aghast at this. Aghast. that the, the The goal of the local authority. To think it had sway over you. That it could tell you how many chickens you can have and how many you can't. And then they told her, by the way, we reserve the right to pop around anytime you want to to come onto your property to check. Yeah. Yeah, that's one for Gerald Salente, to be honest. That's a rant that should be reserved exclusively for Gerald Salente. And that's nearly it for today's programme, by the way. Thank you, uh, as always, for listening to it and sharing your time with me. By the way, John Waters will be on with me on Thursday for an extended conversation. He's got a lot to say to us, John. John is in court, I think. He might have mentioned he's in court to do with um, violating COVID restrictions, madness. This is a great Irish writer and Uh, and and journalist, newspaper writer book author, uh, John Waters, you've heard him on the programme before, he's an amazing human being, a gentleman and a scholar he'll be with me on Thursday, it's a busy old week this week, can't tell you who's on tomorrow because as usual, you can finish the sentence, I don't have the diary right alongside me, it's over there in the corner and I can't get it there. so yes I'm looking forward to that, anywho thank you so much to Hayden Hewitt, top man Follow him on Twitter. Go to blackoctopusproductions.com and Celeste Solem, shepherdsheart.life. You'll find her on rumble.com too. Thank you for listening. I've been your BBG. And I'll be back with you tomorrow, Wednesday at five. Until then, slant Tommel. Bye. There's a